Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better-than-okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's your host Corey, and today we're going to talk about negative core beliefs. This is actually a request from one of my patrons, so a shout out to all of my patrons who are listening to the show. Thank you so much for your continued support of every episode. I cannot tell you how grateful I am that you're supporting me, that you're supporting the show. It makes me feel like the show really has value and that people are really enjoying what I'm putting out into the world and you find it useful and important. So thank you so much for that. I really, really value that. I hope that that is clear in my voice how much it means to me. So thank you so much. And this patron, essentially, she mentioned that she was exploring negative core beliefs with her therapist and that she was wondering if I had any experience and thoughts on combating negative core beliefs. And the short answer is yes. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) I came out of my childhood, my experiences with many negative core beliefs that I had to identify and deconstruct over time. It took a lot of work, but I'm happy to share some of those experiences with you today. And before I share my thoughts and my experiences, I want to begin with defining what a negative core belief is, in case there is anyone listening to this who may not be familiar with the term. So a negative core belief is a deep-seated, ingrained belief that there's something about you or others around you or the world. It's some belief that you hold. And these beliefs are usually formed during childhood or early adolescence or maybe even into adulthood. And it's reinforced by your personal experiences, by the interactions that you have with others. And these negative core beliefs significantly impact the way you view yourself, the way you view your world. They can tank your self-esteem. They can really disrupt your relationships and your overall sense of well-being. Negative core beliefs are typically characterized by their pervasive and persistent nature, which means that they just stick around and they seem to be in everything, which means that they affect every aspect of your life often leading to distorted perceptions of yourself or the world around you. And so some common examples of negative core beliefs could include unworthiness. So you might have a belief in your mind such as, I'm not worthy of love, or I'm not worthy of attention, I'm not worthy of care, I'm not worthy of having the things that I want in life. The wording will be slightly different for each person, and this is typically because it's attached to some core experience that you had. And so my example for that is when I was 11 or 12 and I was coming home from school with my dad, and he looked over to me and he said, I'm pretty sure I've told this story many times, but he looked over at me and he said, no matter what you do, no matter how educated you become or how hard you work, I don't think you'll ever be any better than your mother. So that became a core belief in the sense of helplessness. Like no matter what I did, I couldn't undo something, right? And helplessness is another one of these negative core beliefs. And essentially it's attached to moments like that. So the wording in my own mind will be something like no matter what I do. 
I can't change this, right? So it's attached to that memory. So each of the wordings will be different for you depending on which memory it was that shook you to your core. But essentially, unworthiness is revolving around some sense of feeling undeserving of love or success or happiness or whatever it is that you are actually worthy of, but you just don't believe it. And then helplessness, like I mentioned, having any kind of belief that you have no control over your circumstances or your life events. And if you had a lot of really unpredictable people in your life or you were really kind of held hostage by the actions of other people, you might also really feel helpless as a core belief like I can't do anything about that or things will never change or I'm stuck like this forever there's this undertone of helplessness there regardless of how you might be wording it in your own mind another example of a negative core belief that's pretty common is abandonment so expecting that other people will always eventually leave you or reject you and so I've seen this play out in a lot of dating situations specifically is what I'm thinking of in dating situations where you expect the other person to not like you or to cheat on you or to leave you that's definitely a core belief around abandonment like you expect to be betrayed by other people <laughs> it's like you just expect that they won't stay by you. They won't be loyal to you. That And actually, now that I think about it, there might be some interconnectedness between abandonment and unworthiness considering the situation. And sorry to tell you, but you can have more than one negative core belief. So you could have an abandonment and an unworthiness issue. For example, if you did have one that was both unworthiness and abandonment, you might be feeling something like everyone I ever date is going to cheat on me or leave me because I'm not worthy of their love where I'm not worthy of having someone be faithful and loving to me. Another common example of a negative core belief is defectiveness. And this is definitely one that I struggled with for a long time. So feeling inherently flawed or defective, leading to a fear that you're going to be judged or exposed if people really get to know you. And I'm not sure if that is connected to being outed as a lesbian in a small conservative town, or if it was connected to being gay and in a church environment. I think I might have mentioned that my grandmother and my family was very religious growing up. And so this idea that maybe there was something wrong with me because I was gay, that's definitely enforced in a lot of religious narratives, right? That it's a choice and you should just do better and how can you indulge in that or X, Y, and Z. And so this sense of being defective or flawed or having a secret that could be exposed at any time, that's definitely a negative core belief that you could be carrying. Mistrust might also be a negative core belief that you struggle with. Mistrust is when you assume that other people will always have malicious intent or that they cannot be trusted. And for example, um, this must have been a negative core belief for my father because I just remember him saying a lot of things like there are only takers and givers in this world and everybody is a taker. And so he had this very clear belief that people can't be trusted. They were just out to get whatever they could from you. And so it's definitely this idea that you have to be careful of people, that they're not to be relied upon or you can't let them get too close because they might just use you. All of that is sort of manifest of mistrust as a negative core belief. Perfectionism could also be a negative core belief that you struggle with. I have a whole episode on perfectionism. <laughs> Feel free to go listen to that if you struggle with that. But believing that you have to be perfect in everything or you're not worthy, or you're not loved, or that if you're not perfect, that you're going to fail, you're going to be unlovable, you're going to be thrown to the side or abandoned. And so this idea that you can never fail or make mistakes because other people don't, and if you do, you're just the worst. 
And then also having a negative core belief around vulnerability. So if you feel too vulnerable, too unprotected, you might feel like you can't open up to people, that you can't be yourself with other people because they might hurt you. And so it promotes this kind of closed down, uh, closed off feeling in your mind, basically, essentially, when you're interacting with other people. And so these are just some examples, some of the most popular ones, but it's going to be different for everybody. But essentially, negative core beliefs can manifest in a whole bunch of different ways in your life. And you can find their effects in your relationships, in your work, in your personal development. They often contribute to these negative thought patterns that we have, self-sabotaging behaviors that we have. And it certainly amplifies our emotional distress. So, for example, with the self-sabotaging behaviors, thinking about this friend I have who has a terrible dating record where she just goes out with someone expecting that they're going to cheat or lie or do her dirty, which sounds terrible, because she has that negative core belief that she is not worthy of love, that she can't trust people. She does these self-sabotaging behaviors of maybe picking people who will fulfill that role for her, so maybe even some self-fulfilling prophecy there. Or she'll do things preemptively, like stop talking to them or shut down or escape the situation in some kind of emotional capacity or physical capacity just because she expects that to happen, even though maybe that person absolutely would have loved her and been great for her. But now, you know, she's kind of thrown a wrench into things just because she, in her mind, is convinced it's going to go that way. So we start to act certain ways out of these behaviors. We think certain things because of these thoughts that we hold. So essentially, the most destructive part of negative core beliefs is that we have negative thought patterns about it in the sense that we continue to feed this belief. We continue to scan the world looking for proof that this is true, even if it's not actually true anymore. We do these self-sabotaging behaviors to kind of make it true, to kind of show that it's true. And then the whole time we're doing this, we're making ourselves emotionally distressed. (laughs) We're stressing ourselves out. And so it definitely impacts our lives and our well-being, these negative core beliefs. And you might be asking yourself, like, why would I even have these negative core beliefs? Where do they come from? Who would even sign up for this? Because <laughs> none of us want these, right? If they're so detrimental to our life and to our well-being, no one wants to hang on to negative core beliefs. So how do we end up with them? Well, a lot of negative core beliefs can stem from childhood experiences, early life experiences, and that can be trauma or neglect or abuse or significant events that happen even though they seem somewhat benign at the time. So for example, my story about coming home from school and my father saying that to me, it didn't seem particularly dramatic. I mean, he didn't like reach across the seat and like hit me when he said it, even though it was verbally abusive, right? Psychologically abusive. It might just be significant life events that don't feel all that dramatic, but they were very impactful. Whatever it is, it shapes our perception of ourselves and the world around them, whatever it was that happened. And so when these negative experiences happen during the formative years, basically when we're little, they can contribute to the development of that belief that's centered around whatever that event caused. So a feeling of worthlessness, a feeling of helplessness, a feeling of not being lovable. So, you know, if you're really little, if you're three, four or five years old and your dad tells you essentially that you're unlovable, you're going to believe that for the rest of your life. Or if you have a dog that you loved so much and he gets taken away from you when you're three years old and you have your first heartbreak, you're going to feel like 
everyone you love is going to leave you. So these are just things that are going to become part of your worldview because of something that happened when you were small. And then your ideas and your beliefs and everything <laughs> that connects you to the world is still forming. It's not forming as much when we're adults, but when we're little, our minds and our hearts are wide open. So it's pretty easy to latch onto something and make it part of our reality when we're really small. Something else that might have created a negative core belief for you apart from early experiences, is parental influence. The attitudes, behaviors, and parenting styles of your caregivers can essentially impact the formation of your negative core beliefs. So it doesn't even have to be something that directly happened. It could also just be you absorbing what they believe. So for example, my father always going around saying people can't be trusted, they're users, they're takers. That was his negative core belief around mistrust. And so I developed a negative core belief around mistrust for a long time because I absorbed it from him. Even though I didn't necessarily have any direct experience with mistrust, I absorbed his mistrust just because of everything that he would say or that the way he would act or the way that he would think about things because that's who we have the most contact with when we're young. So if your parents have any of these negative core beliefs, there's a high probability that you might have absorbed one and taken it on or several <laughs> of your parents' negative core beliefs depending on how many they had and how prevalent they displayed those core beliefs to you like what they said or what they were doing in their own lives and I use the term parental influence loosely here so anyone who was your caregiver it doesn't just have to be your parents it could be grandparents it could be adoptive parents it could be babysitters whoever you were in close contact with a lot as a child or regularly enough that you could have absorbed those beliefs aunts uncles depending on your family size whomever was around you they could also be sources of these negative core beliefs that you could have absorbed another source of negative core beliefs can be your social environment so negative core beliefs are influenced by social and cultural factors certainly and this could be norms or stereotypes or stigmas. Basically, we get messages all the time from our environment, from the people in our communities or in our networks that tell us what we should be thinking or feeling about worth and success and beauty. And so they contribute to this development of negative self-perceptions, negative beliefs that we have about ourselves, leading us to internalize these standards and these expectations and to act accordingly. So, for example, this idea that, you know, women have to be really thin in order to be beautiful, for example, that might be internalized as a negative core belief. And so then that changes how we feel about food and how we feel about feeding ourselves and how we feel about our bodies and the way we act with our bodies, how we treat our bodies, whether we will or won't eat something. You know, if you develop an eating disorder, it can also come from the social environment. And it, again, impacts how you see yourself, how you feel about yourself and how you act accordingly. And then, of course, critical life events, something significant could have happened, and it could be something dramatic like a loss or a death or something terrible, a divorce, whatever it is that hurt you, that created this sense of loss or failure or rejection in you. And then that event basically cemented a negative belief about your ability or about your worth or about your capacity for success. So for example, if you were building up a business and your business failed, you might really take that hard and you might adopt this core belief that, you know, I'm a terrible business person, like I'm no good at this, or I'm never going to be able to make my dreams come true. It's some kind of reaction to what happened. And then of course, interpersonal relationships that are not just family. So I already mentioned how family 
can mess this up. <laughs> Family, parents, whatnot. But there's also negative core beliefs that can come from just interpersonal relationships that are toxic. So toxic friendships, abusive friendships, or bullying, maybe people from school, unhealthy relationship dynamics that create that feeling of unworthiness or mistrust or defectiveness. I mean, that was certainly true for me when I was outed as gay in my small, super small conservative high school back in the day, early 90s or mid 90s. Wait, how old am I? <laughs> Long ago. Back in the day when I was outed and then everyone it felt like at school hated me. And so that definitely created this feeling of unworthiness of being like I couldn't let people know about me or anything because I was defective. So it's not always just your family or immediate relationships. It can be also interpersonal relationships in other contexts. And so the long and short of it is that there are many reasons why you may have developed a negative core belief. It's probably attached to some terrible experience that you had. And the source of that terribleness is varied. It's going to be different for everybody. And there are ways for you to fix it, which is great because <laughs> as long as it remains unhealed, you're going to continue to see the world through the lens of that negative core belief. You're going to treat yourself and other people based on that belief. It's going to continue to negatively impact you in a lot of ways until it's processed and you're able to move past it. And so how do we do that? How do we heal a negative core belief? Well, there's many ways and you know you're going to see some familiar techniques here. But one of the first ways that you start is just becoming self-aware of the negative core belief. So developing self-awareness is the crucial first step in identifying and understanding your own negative core belief. Because if you can't recognize that you have one, there's no way you're going to be able to address it or to fix it. And so you first have to work to identify the core belief that's inside you and causing havoc, wrecking havoc, and then understand why you have it, what triggers it, what situations create that feeling for you, what activates it. Like there are certain situations that are going to bring up your feeling of unworthiness or bring up your fears of abandonment or bring up your feelings of mistrust. What are those situations? What are your triggers? And so all of that is in the realm of self-awareness and you can achieve that self-awareness in all the ways that I've been talking about achieving self-awareness for 80-something episodes, which is meditate, look at your thoughts, see what you're thinking. If you go somewhere and you suddenly feel really triggered, you know, sit down with that feeling in your next meditation session and see if what comes up. Start to kind of conjure that feeling inside of you. Rethink, reenact in your own mind what happened, maybe what was said, what you said, and then really look at that and be like, where is that coming from? Where did I get that? What is it that I'm believing? Just look for sentences that might be coming through your mind. So for example, you might very well tell yourself, like, I'm the worst person ever. Looking at that, you're going to be like, where did I get the idea that I'm the worst person in the world? Like, because really? Am I really the worst person in the world? Like, I can't think of anyone else <laughs> who's out there doing worse things than me. And so look at that. Who convinced you or what convinced you? What event convinced you that you were the worst person in the world? And so really start digging and try to get clear on the source and the experience or person that's behind that belief. And then you're going to start to challenge them. So first you have to become aware of what you have and maybe what you're working with, what you're dealing with. And then you're going to challenge that negative belief and start questioning 
the validity of that negative core belief, examining the evidence to see if that's even true. Could it possibly be true that you're terrible and that you're the worst person in the world? Probably not. But what is the evidence that you've been giving yourself? Because you probably have been providing yourself with some evidence. So for example, one of the negative core beliefs that I upheld for so long was that I'm a terrible person and that I'm a deceitful person. I need to give you a little bit more information on this. So my father considered my mother to be a very manipulative and deceitful person. And he often told me that I was just like her and that I was deceitful and manipulative like her. And we're talking very little. Like, <laughs> like I, I wasn't old enough to deceive anyone of anything. <laughs> How devious can a, a child, like a little child be, right? And so I did not have any evidence in the real world that actually supported that. But because he said it to me so much, I absolutely internalized it and felt like I was a deceitful person. And that came to a head when in... I think it was my eighth grade year that we had an altercation where he got mad at me for something and he actually beat me. And I was so mad at him for doing that, that when my mother came to visit me next and she kind of basically spirited me away and didn't tell him, I didn't tell him either. And so I participated in this deceitfulness because I didn't want to tell him that I was leaving with my mother. I didn't want him to know that I was not coming back, that I was essentially running away. I understand now, compassionately, why I felt the way I felt and why I did what I did. But because he had already at that point convinced me that I was a deceitful person, I really beat myself up for a long time about having left without telling him. And so I used that as evidence how this is relevant to our point is that I use that as evidence. It's like, well, I snuck away with my mom and I didn't tell him I was leaving. So obviously he's right. I'm a deceitful person. There might be instances that you have in your mind where you use something that you did as proof that you are the thing that someone else convinced you you are. But the reality is, is that you're probably not. <laughs> That's probably not true at all. And even that your evidence is not very supportive, it's kind of flimsy. But as a kid, you know, we build up these events in our minds and we give them a lot more meaning than they really have. So start looking at your evidence, start figuring out what you've been telling yourself about that and try to move away from that toward a more balanced and realistic perspective. It was not balanced to say that I'm a terrible and deceitful person because I ran away from my father with my mom and didn't tell him I was leaving when I was 13 years old. A more balanced and realistic perspective is that, well, my father beat me and I was mad about it and I wanted to get away and I was scared of telling him and so I didn't. And first and foremost, had I felt safe enough to stay in that home, I would not have lied to him or felt like I needed to lie to him. That is a more realistic assessment of the situation. Look at your own experiences and figure out where you might be, I don't want to say lying to yourself because that seems unfair, but in negative core beliefs, we do often have like a skewed perspective of the situation. We don't really have a clear vision of what really happened <laughs> because we're looking through this lens of our negative core belief. So just try to look at things as much as you can. Try to question what's going on and ask if that's really true, kind of challenge this idea. Next time you tell yourself you're terrible, for example, be like, is that really true? What is the evidence that I am terrible? And really look at that and look at it as kind of an objective, critical third party to examine the evidence like you, would this hold up in court? <laughs> would this evidence hold up in court? 
And this might require that you get some therapy help. I needed a lot of therapy to identify my negative core beliefs because a lot of them are very ingrained. Like you're operating from them without even realizing that they are someone else's, for lack of a better word, bullshit. (laughs) That it's someone else's mess that you've absorbed. And so it can be very hard to recognize that, that that is not part of you. A good therapist, a good cognitive behavioral therapist can take you through these exercises like reframing negative thinking patterns, replacing them with more positive and adaptive beliefs, identifying uh, what your negative thoughts are, and then actively and consciously replacing them with more constructive and rational alternatives. They can help you to identify events like the one that I just described with my dad, where I was like, oh, I am absolutely deceitful and I'm a terrible, dishonest person, and then be like, is that true? Or were you a scared kid who was scared of getting beat again? You know, they can interject objectivity into the situation. So you can go through these events with a good therapist and have them really break it down for you and help you see it in a way that's probably really difficult for you to see because it's your personal lived experience. If you have a lot of patterns, for example, if you have a pattern around something like my friend who has the dating pattern, or maybe you have another kind of pattern in your relationships, look at that. There might be a core negative belief hiding in there somewhere, and then you can find yourself a really good therapist to help you figure out what it is and then how to address it, how to push back against it. And if you can't do therapy right now, try to leverage your support network. So if you've got good friends or family, tell them how you're feeling and see if they can't enforce your beliefs be like no I don't feel like you're a deceitful person I think I remember one time when I told someone like I feel like a really deceitful and dishonest person and they were like what are you talking about you are the most honest person I know what are you saying and so it really shifted things for me because I realized I wasn't maybe seeing myself the same way that other people were seeing me and so that can also be helpful if you have someone loving or kind in your life who can provide you with that encouragement or validation or feedback to help facilitate that healing process. And then also maybe they'll share their experiences with you and you'll feel less alone, you'll feel more emotionally supported. But all in all, the long and the short of it is that it's very possible if you've gone through anything ever and you are a human being, (laughs) that you hold at least one negative core belief about yourself. And that negative core belief is probably causing you some pain in your relationships or in your relationship with yourself, which is the most important relationship, and how you move through the world, how you navigate your life. And if you can work to identify that and to heal that, you will definitely improve your emotional well-being. You'll have healthier, happier relationships, and it'll just be a lot easier to have a manageable, positive outlook on life if you're not beating yourself up internally. (laughs) and telling you what a piece of crap you are every single day, all day. So I really encourage you to do that work. Anything that you can do to bring compassion and mindfulness and awareness to the situation, that's where you can start. And I know it's going to be tough work for a lot of us. It really was for me as well to kind of get in at those beliefs because they're so ingrained. They started so early for me, probably birth, actually, maybe just because my parents themselves had a lot of issues. So negative core beliefs were really difficult for me, but I just want to encourage you to give it a go because it really does make a big difference if you can heal those and let them go. Actually, it makes a really big difference just to become aware of them. Just if you can get to a place where you can be like, that is my negative core belief. It is not true. I just feel like it's true. Even that will give you a tremendous amount of relief and perspective. So definitely do the work 
don't strive for perfection. <laughs> like if you do not eradicate all of your negative core beliefs by the end of next week, you're just going to give up. Don't be hard on yourself. These things take time. It took you a lot of time to acquire those negative core beliefs. It's going to take you a bit of time to get rid of them as well. But it's absolutely worth doing and it really will change everything. And please know that I am rooting for you. I definitely think that you can do this work. I am 100% sure that you can do this work. And I will be over here wishing you the best while you're doing it. And that's it for today, dear human. As always, I hope you found this episode useful. And if you would like to write into the show today and ask for my thoughts on something that you're dealing with, I would love to hear from you through any of my social media or through email, corey at coreymshrum.com. And again, shout out to the patrons for utilizing that direct line of communication that you have for me. Please keep also sending me your questions or concerns if you have them. Otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.